0: hey what's up guys in today's video we're gonna do a reaction to wholesale Ted's video 10 things to do before starting a print-on-demand store and I'm super excited to watch this video because number one wholesale Ted does great work number two this is one of the most popular print-on-demand videos on YouTube with over 1.2 million views so I can't wait to see what we learn while we watch also before we get there just wanted to remind you guys I've got a free print-on-demand mini course to help get you started. The link is in the description, and I've got a great print-on-demand Facebook group that you'll also find a link to in the description. All right, let's get on over to that video. All right, guys. Wholesale Ted, 10 things to do before starting a print-on-demand store and some beginner mistakes to avoid. Let's check it out.
1: In today's video, I'm gonna give you 10 important things that you need to do before starting a print-on-demand store. And unfortunately, there are a lot of consequences if you skip over this 10-point checklist, and none of them are good. Some of these can lose you money from advertising campaigns that were doomed to stale from the start. Some of them can cause you massive headaches or customer service issues. And some of these can, unfortunately, even result in your advertising campaigns and your stores getting shut down.
0: All valid points, by the way. Not that it should scare anybody from starting print-on-demand. Like, definitely one of the biggest things that I think attracts people to print-on-demand is you can make a lot of money without having to invest a lot of money to start. And depending on what avenue you go about starting your print-on-demand business, you may not need to invest any money. So, um, definitely, like, she's got a lot of great points there. Just want to not scare anybody away from starting because these things could possibly go wrong down the road. Um, Getting started is the most important part, you know?
1: Plus in this video, I'm also gonna be answering some of the most common questions that I get asked about print-on-demand. And no, this video is not your usual. Oh, don't forget that you've gotta have your designs on a transparent background. Nope, I wanted to go beyond that and talk about some of the important aspects of print-on-demand that are often not talked about. So some of the things on this list may surprise you. So with that out of the way, let's talk about the first one. One, only add a maximum of five color variations to your product. I'll tell you now, one of my absolute biggest pet peeves is coming to a print-on-demand store a subscriber submitted to me to review and seeing that they have added 10 plus colored t-shirt options to their store
0: That she makes a great point there and um you know you could debate like do you do five do you do two color options do you do one uh, it's interesting amazon merch used to only let you do five then they upped it to 10 but you know you could debate that like yeah maybe it's better to not even offer color variations like the fewer inputs required from a customer to check out, to, to convert into actually becoming a paying customer, the fewer actions they need to take, the higher your conversion rate's going to be. So if you only offered it in one color, it's not necessarily a bad thing in terms of uh, your just bottom line, your conversion rate. So worth considering. I might skip around a little bit too just so that the video doesn't go on for a full 20 minutes plus, plus my reaction time.
1: No! There are multiple reasons why this is a terrible idea. Starting with the fact that, you know, it looks absolutely terrible and horrendous at. But printify, don't let you do this instead they make you choose When you come to a product you want to sell be sure to scroll down and check out your different options as you can see each of these providers has different pricing and some offer more color options for their t-shirts and others and they have different okay she's,
0: she's still on and color importantly
1: some are based in different countries So for example if you were mostly serving Europe then usually textil drug Europea would be the supplier you'd choose if you didn't need a color variation that only t-shirt and suns creates and if you were selling predominantly to the USA then obviously you would want to come and choose between these suppliers For most people they're probably going to want to choose choose the dream junction since it has a great color selection a fast turnaround time and it's the cheapest
0: for what it's worth guys obviously a lot of you guys are familiar with printify um the the price point you see listed next to the provider uh for that you know product type is oftentimes misleading a lot of the people on printify uh they understand that like the lowest price is the one that will get shown to us the sellers and they may like just offer the color white, size extra small at a really cheap price, and then the rest at like 2 to $3 higher. So you, you can go down that rabbit hole. It's, it, it definitely is, is worth taking time looking into um, if you end up using Printify specifically for fulfillment because they are a little bit, it's not Printify, right? It's just their, their production partners. Um, it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit misleading. So anyways, I'm trying to find the next tip.
1: <laughs> Three, make sure that you have a credit card or money set aside before you start a store. So another common question that I get asked is this. Sarah, I've added a pillow I've made with Printful to my store, if a customer buys it, who pays Printful for the item, me or the customer? Good question, and the answer is that you pay for that pillow, not your customer. I'm gonna show you an example of uh, how this different two transaction thing works.
0: Yeah, I do agree with this. I would put your credit card on file. I'm I'm not sure if like most production partners require it, but um, if you don't have like a a method of paying the production partner, like they're not gonna front you the money. <laughs> you know what I mean? They need you to pay them. They'll do you know the work. They'll ship it out to the customer. Uh, you make your profit when you get paid out by the platform where the sale took place, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, Shopify, eBay, uh, wherever. But I mean, yeah, I do see questions like that too, and sometimes people don't wanna. Um, trust their credit card information to, you know, like a, a multi billion dollar company like Printful or Printify. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, there's a lot less secure websites that you've probably given your website to in the past. And keep in mind that a lot of these cards have like Bluetooth chips on them where people that are in like close proximity to you can just steal your credit card info um, using these little devices. So it's like, yo, know, the world we're in is probably way more technologically advanced than any of us know. And it's okay to remove one barrier from starting a business by just giving your credit card to, you know, Printful, Printify and letting them charge you on the fly instead of you having to manually move money every time you make a sale for them to fulfill.
1: Um, but I'm gonna use Printify because of the fact that when it comes on one days to get your money. So make sure that you've either got a credit card or some money set aside so that you can purchase these items in advance to tide you over in the meantime. Credit cards are- Yeah,
0: it's a good point. You know, There's a gap between when you pay the production partner for the product that needs to be fulfilled and when the platform pays you out um etsy in my experience is probably the best in terms of like more frequent payouts um, amazon holds your money a little bit longer
1: uh, usually the best option for this because you've normally got four to five weeks to pay back the balance without accruing any interest and you will receive your payment well before that happens she- that's a good
0: point too yeah you can use a credit card to get um if you don't have the money i mean you can use a credit card they'll just float you the money um just make sure you pay it back so you don't pay interest on top of that and then you can also get a credit card that pays you interest for spending money so it increases your bottom line a little bit you know what i mean some of these cards have like one 1.5 two percent cash back
1: check if your written phrase is trademarked and avoid copyrights so there are two other common questions that i often get asked the first is this sarah how do i know mm. if a design is copyrighted before i use it or not sos please help Okay, so to help me answer this question, I actually found a t-shirt that features that phrase that is being sold online. Here is a t-shirt currently selling on Amazon featuring this design. And so you see it and you think, huh, that's cool, I'd like to sell a t-shirt like this as well. But wait, is it copyrighted? How do I check? I know that I can do a search for trademarks, but how do I do a search for copyrights? How do I know that this is copyrighted? Well, the answer is that you don't need to check because by default in law, the moment a piece of artwork is created, it is by default copyrighted.
0: Yes. <laughs> copyright protection is automatically assigned to original works, uh, at least in the United States. That being said, like <laughs> there, there's a little bit of a gap between, you know what I mean? The concept of copyright protecting your design and someone that goes and writes a bot that can go pull all of the, you know, designs off of Amazon merch listings, where for some reason, Amazon makes the original artwork available, not you know obviously available where you can just right click and save but it is uh in that web page you know what i mean in the developer console which means a bot can just go find it grab it download it um and steal it you know what i mean so it's like there is there's a little bit of a gap between like the legal protections and actually enforcing uh those legal protections which is why the court system exists but then it's like well who's really going to take this to litigation whole nother rabbit hole um yeah
1: so yes we know without checking anything that this t-shirt design is indeed copyrighted womp womp but what you can do the visual style the art and something that's good to keep in mind is that small phrases like world's best rabbit dad cannot be copyrighted so yes even though this design is copyrighted as long as you redesign it in your own style then that's absolutely fine but while small phrases like world's best rabbit dad cannot be copyrighted they can be trademarked which leads me to the-
0: yes good point point. and when you file a trademark guys there's like a whole period where it's published for opposition people uh, can, you know, basically say, Hey, this shouldn't be allowed to be trademarked because I've been selling it for a year or because, Hey, it's too general. Um, so that's typically, I think like, I don't have as much experience with trademarks, but I've definitely gotten a few. And I think it's like at least nine months that it's basically published for opposition. So anybody who wants to oppose that trademark can speak, you know what I mean? And try to oppose it. Um, and I mean, it's gone as long as like 12 months in my experience.
1: All right, so you've seen this T-shirt is selling well on eBay, which it is, and now you want to make your own version of it too. How do you know if someone has trademarked the phrase, "Freddy says Relax? Well, it's actually quite simple. Each country has its own trademark search engine. I'm here at the USA Trademark Electronic Search System. To check if this phrase is trademarked, all I need to do is type in "Freddy says Relax and do a search. And when we do that, we will find that, nope, we get nothing, no results. This phrase has never been trademarked. Now let's
0: Yep, so it is that simple, guys. If you do see results, just make sure you check, number one, that it's live. Number two, that it's registered with the registration record. Number three, that the class of goods is whatever you intended to sell on. So if the class of goods is like something that isn't clothing or apparel or T-shirts, then theoretically speaking, you should be able to sell on a T-shirt, right? All right, I fast-forwarded a bit. She's talking about the importance of good mock-ups and talking about place it. So let's resume.
1: demand. Using it is really simple. Let's say I was selling this t shirt from Printify. Well, what I would do is I would come to Place It and choose which t shirt that I wanted. After you've chosen what colour shirt you want, all you need to do is come and upload that design or picture that you added to the t shirt that you created with Printify and let it load. Once loaded, you can resize it and place it roughly in the same position as the t shirt you made with Printify. Place It will now generate a lifestyle for you that is awesome to use in advertising this picture here is absolutely 99.99999% of the time going to convert infinitely better than the generic product on white background photo printify spits out for you.
0: Yes, everybody stop and just look at this side by side behind me. It should be extremely evident which one is going to perform better. That being said though, if I'm going to use like a mock-up like on the left-hand side as a primary image, I'm going to probably zoom in. And crop it so that the design itself occupies more of the actual image that they see. Because if you just upload it as is, the design, Core Geek, you know what I mean? The design is maybe, it's like 10% or less of that whole image, right? And if you're selling the design more than anything else, right? You're not selling the sunglasses that the model's wearing. Um, then you need to make sure that the design is like front center. That's where the attention goes, you know, just a quick reminder there. But yeah, Placeit's great for this. Also great for video ads, uh, video, ad- video mock-ups that you can use in things like ads. I talked about that um, just a couple days and ago. And here's
1: another important tip when you are choosing which photos to use with Placeit. If possible, it's a great idea to find a picture featuring something related to your design. On Placeit, you can use the search filters on the left to look up specific types of photos. So for this one, right, I use next the tip trainer for print-on-demand stores. And I'll have a link to how you can get it in the video description below. Six. Don't just opt for selling t-shirts. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Obviously, t-shirts can make you a lot of money. Yeah, so they're still good but they aren't the only type of print-on-demand products out there, especially if you're selling in your own store. For example, leggings can sell for massive markups because their value is ambiguous. The reason why they are ambiguous is because while you could go to your local mall and potentially find T-shirts that feature dogs on it, you are extremely unlikely to find anything similar when it comes to leggings. And so when a pug mother sees her beloved on leggings, she is incredibly unlikely to have ever seen anything like this before. It is extremely unique and original. Pricing is ambiguous. Now let me ask you a question. How much do you think this cool steampunk hat here is worth? For most of you, you're probably gonna answer, eh, I don't really know. You don't know because for most of you, you've never seen anything like this before. And as scientific studies have shown, the way that most of us decide how much something is worth is through price anchoring. It's by looking at other similar products and then seeing what they sell for. And so when you go and advertise the pug mother this cool hooded blanket as an upsell, she's likely never seen it before. And so you have a lot more flexibility with setting your price check to see if your design can be
0: printed okay that was pretty good advice um, just in general yeah like you know even if you start with just selling t-shirts which are the most commonly sold print on demand product like if you have a design that's selling there's no reason not to make it available for sale on additional products you know what I mean like you've got validation when a sale takes place especially if you get multiple sales that hey like if they're gonna buy it on a t-shirt you know you can at a minimum go post it on like a hoodie, um, a crew neck sweatshirt, a coffee mug, and if you're running your own like Shopify store, then you should definitely make sure that when you make it available on additional products, that those products are being displayed on the you know product page for the T-shirt that's been you know already proven successful. Now it's a little bit harder to do on marketplaces like Amazon and Etsy. You know unless you wanted to actually like add them as. Uh, variations or of of the initial like basically uh, product detail page that's already converting, but I mean on merch You can't do that on seller central you can on Etsy. It's definitely um, easier to do so
1: it onto a different product. This reminds me of how in this video uh, Michael and I chatted about re.
0: wait different product I thought that's what tip number six was <laughs> Did I miss that? What was it don't opt just for selling t-shirts and then the next one was sell different products Okay
1: designs. You see when a customer buys this t-shirt from him Do you know what other product he offers him to buy? This, a mug featuring basically oh, there you go. the exact same design. This is usually the easiest way to create effective upsells with print on demand by taking the same design and then printing it onto another product.
0: Yeah, worth mentioning, guys, it's like you have a lot more control over this on a Shopify store. But this is also why, like, I kind of recommend hey, if you're gonna go the Shopify route, number one, like you need to be doing this stuff, right? You need to be increasing the average order value through complementary like products, right? Like as upsells. Uh, because most likely you're driving traffic through ads, so you need to make you know the money back, obviously. And it's a whole rabbit hole that like, it's it's not that you can't be successful with Shopify, it's just that you need to do all this extra stuff, not against doing it, but like you can go earn your stripes much easier on like a major marketplace first, and then feel confident that you have what it takes to succeed at print-on-demand, and then worry about launching a Shopify store and configuring all these extra things on your website, because at that point, we're not even really talking about print-on-demand, we're talking about how to run a successful e-commerce website, you know, more than the print-on-demand aspect.
1: Unfortunately, not all types of designs work on all types of products. The single image design here, it looks great on a t-shirt, but it doesn't really work when it's printed onto leggings, does it? So something that's good to keep in mind is that design. then add a product inventory back to your product listing showing that stock is low and that it will sell out soon.
0: So yeah, more Shopify tips. That's basically like talking about scarcity. If you're on Etsy, it's like resetting your sale every day so that the sale always looks like it's going to end that night. So it increases uh, conversion rate.
1: However, this kind of gets ruined. If your customer starts clicking on other items in your store and sees, hey, all of these items are on sale and they all seem to almost be out of stock. Huh? This seems a little suspicious. Maybe these items, they're not actually on sale at all. And maybe the store is just trying to trick me into thinking that they are. So if your item has maybe 20 items in it, consider having about three or four that are on sale and that have scarcity timers and not have...
0: By the way, if you run your own shop, and my bad if I'm like annoying with the clicking, but I do have to kind of react. Otherwise, I'm just kind of like, you know, letting her video play in the background. But um, it's just worth noting that like on your website, you, if it's your website, not Amazon or Etsy, but your website, you can actually see how many pages a customer or uh, whether they convert or not, right? Whether they actually convert into a customer or they're just somebody who visits your site. You can see how many pages they visit when they're there. So you don't have to guess. So she's making a good point that like, yeah, they may figure out that everything's on sale or everything's almost out of stock. My guess is that most people won't do that. Most people will not click off of the first page that they arrive on. You know what I mean? Assuming you send them straight to a product page and attempt to convert them from there. Again, because every additional click that they do is like way less likely to convert. Um, so it's just like one of these things where it's, you don't have to guess, if it's your website, you can actually see these things through the analytics.
1: Every item in your store almost be out of stock. The Shopify app that I used to add the scarcity countdown bar in was sales Pop Master. The app is free currently, and it's very easy to use. Most apps like this, wall arts with erotic images, and unlike Sedisha, did not ask the question, <laughs> is this a good idea? I'm really glad that you did ask Sedisha, because if you had not asked that question, you would have very quickly discovered that Facebook's advertising policies will make it a nightmare for you if you try and promote your products without your ads getting shut down and potentially getting banned. You would have yep. discovered quickly that Facebook's advertising
0: Facebook also reserves the right to shut down your ad account for absolutely no reason. It happens to almost everybody that runs ads long enough.
1: ...policies will make it a nightmare for you to try and promote your products without getting your ads shut down and potentially getting you banned. Thanks to such broad policies, like activities must not be overly suggestive. What does that even mean? I'll tell you what that means. Facebook has a lot of discretion to shut down any adult product ads that they do not to get their feedback. Look, here is the blunt does mean you'll have a lot more scrutiny on Facebook. Sorry,
0: I skipped over that one. So be
1: sure to read the rules very carefully. 10, find your most honest friend or family member to get their feedback. Look, here is the blunt, harsh truth. It can be very, very difficult for us to step back and be objective about the things that we create. I still remember this one store review I did for this print-on-demand store here, Domina Swag. I was absolutely astonished to see that they thought that selling this T-shirt here featuring the ugliest <laughs> stop sign I have ever seen was even remotely acceptable but really I shouldn't have been surprised because as I've talked before about on this channel, most of us suffer from the psychological oddity of illusionary superiority. Essentially, the vast majority of people think that they are above average, which is why it is very important to stake out your most honest friend or family member that has a reputation for not beating around the bush to give you their true, honest opinion about whether your products or your store look ugly.
0: Yeah, it's also worth mentioning too, like it's easier to give advice than to follow your own advice. At least like I feel, I feel like in my own head, it's like that. I can look at somebody's thing and be like, oh, you can improve this, this, and this. But if I'm doing, if I'm just living life in first person, I can maybe miss something that's obvious. You know what I mean? That if I was looking at somebody else doing the exact same thing, I'd be like, oh, you forgot to do this one thing. Or I would tweak that. It's weird. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that, that design was certainly ugly and it's worth mentioning that there's a lot of ways you can get feedback, friends, family. Um, you can post in Facebook groups, like as long as you post, Like, if you're posting in a group of print-on-demand sellers, like my group that's linked in the description, you can just show them the design. You don't need to actually, like, link to a product because then people think you're trying to poach sales from a group of sellers, which almost never happens anyways. Kind of a silly strategy. Um, And get honest feedback that way. Also, there's a lot of print-on-demand YouTubers, which kind of inspired me to do... Some review videos right some reaction videos I should say and kind of see because I don't watch a lot of this content in my own time Because I I want to have like original content and I feel like if I watch other people's then I might not have original content So anyways, um, I, this is like a nice way of doing it where I can watch it We can all watch together and I can give some feedback on the on the go Um anyways, yeah, like if your designs suck, you're not going to make sales So whatever it takes to figure out that your design sucks, even if it's just a lack of sales Uh figure it out, you know what I mean? But you can go ask another print-on-demand youtuber for their advice Oftentimes you may have to pay, but I mean, I do things like shop reviews, uh, like Redbubble shop reviews every other week. It's completely free. Um, if you've never seen those videos, check it out on my channel. Of course, the channel's linked in the description. Uh, why don't we wrap up here though, guys? Uh, what did you think about this video? I think she had some great tips, definitely a lot of helpful advice for beginners. And man, she, she laid it on pretty thick at the very beginning though of all the things that could go wrong. And it just kind of had me thinking like, I know some subset of people will hear that and be like, oh crap, this isn't for me. And I mean, yeah, I I never like to talk people out of starting and trying, you know, because a lot of those problems are not bad problems to have that she listed initially, because if you even get far enough to have those problems, that means you've probably done something right Uh, So that's always, you know, that's better than nothing. You know what I mean? It's better to be a doer in this world uh, than somebody who just kind of plays on the sidelines, plays everything safe. All right, guys, thanks for watching. By the way, if you are a beginner to print on demand, it never hurts to learn from an expert. I do have a full step-by-step print on demand course. It's linked in the description right next to the link to my private community where I do weekly live streams and office hours. You can check those out if you're interested. Thanks for watching, guys. Please like and subscribe, and I'll see you tomorrow with a new video.